0: Welcome back to the real estate rundown. Today, I have the special pleasure of uh, talking with Anthony Scandriato, who is out of the New York, New Jersey area. He's been doing this for quite a while, and he's really built up quite a following of both investors and properties that he's got. He's the co-founder of Red Knight Properties. He's got a podcast of his own. He's got a newsletter. He's also got another podcast called Discovering Multifamily because one's not enough for a guy like Anthony, boys and girls. He's also part of the Facebook group community that he created, the Multifamily Investor Association. So, Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Shannon. It's a pleasure.
0: So, before we get into this, I understand that we had to delay our our recording of this podcast because last week I was in uh, Tropical Storm Isaiah, and now you are in uh, hurricane Isaiah. So this one storm has kind of affected both of us, and you guys have just had power restored, and you're jumping on this podcast. So that's super cool. We got COVID hurricane uh, fighters right here with, uh, with with what we got going on. Other than how is uh, uh, the hurricane affecting you? Obviously, how has the market been treating you with uh, with COVID?
1: Yeah, the in terms of the the market. So as Shannon mentioned, I'm uh, the co-founder of Red Knight Properties and. We focused on value add multifamily and mixed use, uh, primarily within the tri-state area at this point, um, New Jersey, New York, uh, Pennsylvania. And um, we have about 260 units in our portfolio, about $30 million under management. And the way the market that I see um, moving forward is pretty similar to the way I looked at it when COVID first hit. Um, Nobody really knew what was going on in March, you know, mid to late March uh, with the virus itself. And, you know, obviously the debt market on stabilized multifamily product completely shut down. I'm sure it's in some respect um, on construction loans have shut or at least tightened is, is probably a better word. Um, tightened a lot of different restrictions. Um, and they've been loosening and loosening um, as, you know, more things have been uh, opening in the United States again. So um, the way I look at the multifamily market moving forward is it all depends upon, you know, there's very, a lot of different segments of multifamily and Idaho. Shannon, you know, you specialize in mostly uh, a product, you know, new construction, um, which is a great, um, you know, product in itself, depending upon what market you're invested in, you know, a market like Idaho where, where you're in where you're still able to build for relatively low cost. You got low land basis and the rents, um, you know, even on new construction are, are comparable to the older products. then you probably have definitely have a winner. Um, but you know, since I'm on the East coast where cost of living is, you know, <laughs> maybe I don't know if it's five or six times higher than, than over there, maybe 10, um, you know, for, for various reasons. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, older 1970s, 1980s, um, garden style apartment buildings that I focus on, um, that need a lot of attention, haven't gotten attention for 30 years. Um, that you know, we we go in, and we clean up cosmetically, sometimes structurally, and get the rents up to market, and you know, decrease the expenses um, through you know billbacks. Usually, they're on one central boiler system, etc. So, it depends on I would say what market you're looking in and what type of um, subset of the asset class you're you know investing in. So like I mentioned, for me, it's mostly the workforce housing. And, you know, right now we're kind of coming out of the tail of at least the CARES Act that, um, you know, Congress passed, I think it was back in April or May, where the extended unemployment benefits were an extra $600. Um, you know, for my properties, um, in particular, I most of mine are affordable. So my average rent is $1,000 um, across the portfolio, give or take. So, I tend to be very optimistic on how we're going to be performing. Um, we've already, for August, we've received a lot of rents, uh, probably 70% of our rents already, maybe even more of that. Um, I got to double check. But um, we're, we're still a little cautious. Um, obviously, we have the U.S. election coming up. People on social media with opinions that, you know, if, if the election um, here gets swayed in a different way, 1031 exchanges are in jeopardy and um, – you know, so we're trying to be cautious. If we're going to look at something, we have to look at it from the lens of, okay, you know, where are we at right now in in the cycle? Are we getting a good discount? Where is our basis? You know, how far below are the rents already? Like we're not just going to rely on getting in there and, you know, gradually raising three to 5% a year. Are the rents already substantially below market? So to be honest, my investment philosophy hasn't really changed too much from pre-COVID to post-COVID because we were always looking for the deals that performed in in recessions. Um, so we, I guess we, in hindsight, are prepared at least so far the few months for this. Our collections have been on average 97% plus and our occupancy has also been 98, 99%. So you're looking at a collection rate of like 96, 96 and a half. So um, that's pretty consistent along the, the workforce product. Um, on the East Coast, so that's that's what we're focused on. I still remain very optimistic, but cautious at the same time. We don't want to overpay right now for properties, um, especially on a on a you know per unit basis, um, you know replacement cost, um, and uh, we just want to be extra cautious. So we're taking on select projects at this point in time.
0: Now, didn't you, Anthony? I've been, I, I've been following you. And, and for those of you that, that want it, go to rednightproperties.com, get on his newsletter. This guy does a newsletter every week. I mean, talk about uh, overachiever. But I've been watching the progress on your last one. You guys closed one during COVID, right? I mean, you guys just closed a deal, right? Tell us about that deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, as soon as we take over a property and we just get to go, we just, you know, we just go. And we, we execute on the business plan. Um, we closed on, yes, we closed on a 64 unit building in Northern New Jersey. It's so a $7.3 million transaction on July 14th. Um, we were supposed to close it on April 14th, obviously COVID hit and the whole world shut down. So, um, lending basically dried up. We had a, a bridge loan, um, we were planning on using and, um, you know, it was tied to a, a CLO market, which, um, you know is you deal with lines of credits and warehouse lines that they just dried up, so we ended up having to go the agency route, which is through you know Fannie Mae Freddie Mac, um which is obviously you know government backed so they 're still very liquid right now, um but they take a while to close, so um we just had to switch to financing and in that meantime, um you know there were a few things that came up um when we were trying to get this financing the reason why we wanted a bridge loan and and for you know listeners out there bridge loan is more it's a little bit more higher leverage more short-term loan when you're going in there and fixing up units quickly and you want to refi out um you know and you know maybe vacancy there's a lot of vacancy already there and you need some improvement dollars to to finance that was why we were doing that wanted to do that in the first place we ended up switching our our game plan to the agency route, still the same business plans. The numbers still work. Um, and actually while we were under contract, uh, we actually rented all the vacancies because we had that extra time. Um, you know, so we rented, there was like six vacancies. Um, we rented every single one of them ourselves. (laughs) And so that, that was a good, um, you know, obviously a good starting point, as you mentioned, you saw like parking lot was already done. So in the meantime, we already, we negotiated a new, you know, a new parking lot, um, uh, asphalt o- overhaul, um, which took place literally two days after we closed. Um, and we proud to say we got maybe 25 to 30% of the rent roll already up uh, well above our market projections. Um, Great. with only, we only owned it for two weeks. Yeah. So, but, but we were working on it while we were under contract with yeah. the seller
0: collectively. So, so Anthony, you know, we we know that you you do the syndications, and so walk us through that. I mean, when did you guys when when did you guys find this property? What was your what was your underwriting process? Uh, what was the what was your investor education process? Who who all did you bring in? Kind of give us a picture of how that whole thing took took place. Because you guys, this isn't your first syndication. You guys have kind of got this thing on on autopilot to a certain extent where it's mostly the same. We throw in a little COVID and that only stopped you for a couple months. I mean, that's pretty spectacular. But what was that process?
1: Um, so, yeah, education is key. Uh, it's very important. Um, I think 90, 90% of my partner you know, investors um, came out to the property to physically see it with me you know, that was, that was, I think, number one. Um, Number two, you know, obviously, you know, experience has um, something to do with it. So we've been doing this for for a while now um, for, you know, even before I started Red Knight Properties. Um, And, you know, number three, you know, like you mentioned, I have a podcast, et cetera. I'm always learning myself and I'm always trying to educate um, other people who are looking to invest into real estate and, you know, achieve some sense of financial freedom. Um, so it was a combination, I guess, of those three, but I would say primarily every time I bring on a, a new investor. Or so, um, depending upon where they're located, I always offer, you know, if you want to come see the property, here's my cell phone, pick a day <laughs> and come out. Cause I want you to understand what you're, you're getting into. And it's, it's for the good. You want to understand what you're investing in because well, that, that's when you get hurt. If you don't understand
0: and then and then having the connection with your investor that they that they know that hey i didn't just i didn't just throw my money into a mutual fund or you know into you know tesla stock is really popular right now but elon musk isn't going to call you you know i mean this is you're you're investing into anthony you're investing into you know this this property at 1225 maple lane or whatever it is and and connecting those two and being there with the investor to really make sure that they understand that this is what we own. This is what we're doing and this is why it's a good deal for us. Um, and and I think that that's yep. so important and I think that that is, you know, that's something that I've, I've seen with all of your information that's coming out. It's very, it's very education-centered where you're wanting to make sure that you're over-communicating what's going on so that the people that are involved can, at whatever level they're at in their investment career, in their investment knowledge, can go, okay, yeah, I understand, I know what Anthony's talking about, I'm ready to move to the next level, and I think that that's that's something that I see a lot in in one in, in the in the short time that I've been following you and seeing that what you're doing, um, and it shows, you know. Um, so it, it definitely is, is coming through and you know the personal tours with your investors is, is just another reflection of that. So now that you've got this one well in hand and you're able to you know uh, I mean I got your newsletter that said hey you know uh, July we collected 97% of the rents and I was like oh good they're in the same boat we're in and it's not like the media is blasting out because we don't always get a clear picture. So again, you're educating your following, you're you're educating your people that maybe it's not as bad. You know, maybe maybe it's okay out there. And maybe if you're working with the right operator like like you, then maybe that's gonna even make it better, right? So what do you see for sure. do you have another deal in the pipeline for the end of this year? Do you have do you have something that you're actively chasing that you're trying to nail down before the end of twenty twenty?
1: Generally, what we, what I like to do is I'm a very methodical person. So if we're closing on a project. I want to make sure that the projects, you know, we're executing on the business plan. So it's, we don't want to put the cart before the horse and try to chase another deal before we even finish completing the first one. Um, you know, the fact that when we close and we already got quarter of the rent roll up <laughs> and the expenses down by, I would say 10% um, is great. And that's a great, um, that's a great start. Or, you know, thank you, you got to have all your systems in place too, which, which we do. We have our, our property manager on site. Um, you know, we have a leasing person. All that's running very smooth. Now, granted, the deal we bought was in a market where we already owned units, so that was a huge advantage. Um, so it's easier to manage. So uh, yes, we will be closing on another transaction in um, September, uh, which is which I'm really excited about because it's in a, a relatively relatively newer market, but still within proximity of what we've been buying. So. Um, You know, pretty excited about that one. But again, we're always cautious and, you know, we don't want to put the cart before the horse. And because I know people, I bought, there's this one guy and and who I met, this is last year. And I was always shocked on how he was able to do this. But he's like, yeah, I bought like a thousand units over a year. I'm like, okay. I'm like, how many did you sell? Like before that, he's like, oh, we didn't sell anything. We just started this company and raised money. Like, okay well, did you guys execute? Did you do any refinances? Did you, you know, what are your returns looking like? He's like, well, we, you know, nothing's, you know, liquidated yet. We put a hold on distributions right now. I'm like, it's, it's, it's okay. It's cool to say, hey, I have $100 million under management. Great. You know, maybe you get on the crowd streets of the world and fund just by having that one check mark. But if you have nothing to, to back that up, really, I, I would say I would be very uh, cautious on someone who's growing that quickly, too. Yeah. Um, so we're always methodical when we grow. We, you know, if we're looking at a project, we want to make sure the project we're already working on is, is succeeding. So, um, yeah. yeah. So you know, and say that you
0: and I, you and I remember the dot com burst where everybody was, you know, everybody had a great idea. They, you know, there was a dot com company for everything. I mean, they, you know, and and you know, so having a hundred million under management, we don't know if it's good management, bad management, poor management, uh, management that's losing your money you know you, you don't know until you've got the proof that's in the pudding that comes out the other side that says hey you know we've executed on this we've communicated this we've we've put this in front of everybody everybody knows where we're at and being able to do that is is phenomenal and growth for the sake of growth as you know this isn't this isn't a i mean i'm not playing a game you're not playing a game i'm in it for the money right <laughs> i mean you know that's why we do this right i mean we're in it to to pay for our lifestyle, to be able to fund our families, to be able to make our investors money, to be able to grow uh, in, a, in a way that makes sense that is um, fiscally responsible. And taking down a massive amount all of the sudden isn't necessarily fiscally responsible. I mean, there's a, you know, I, I heard the other day, there there's a lot of really well-prepared people that are dead on Everest, right? They were experienced. They knew what they were doing but they got in over their head and they didn't live to tell about it. So getting a thousand units just for the sake of getting a thousand units isn't really that great. I think the way that you're doing it is not only intelligent, it's it, it proves your knowledge of the market and what you're up against because you're you're dealing with one asset, you're, you're locking it away and you're saying, hey, we executed the business plan. Now we're gonna take on and focus on another project and give it 100% of our attention to lock it and execute that. And the other thing that I heard you say, and, and and I think is really intelligent also, is you're staying in a general focused area. You're not doing one in Phoenix and one in Austin and one in Florida. And then, you know, you're all over the place where you you don't have the same system or the same people or you're not within three hours of fixing a problem on site. You know, you're... You're, I mean, you're you're trying to do it over the phone. What has been what has been your experience with that? Has that been a great thing for you to keep it local, or has that been a little challenging to find the deals? What's what's been the result there?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's deals always out there. There's always deals out there, um, on a on a high level. Uh, I would say, you know, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, the tri-state is not a desirable area to invest. You know, it's it's a gateway market. It's already Yeah, I wouldn't say it's growing like some of the areas you mentioned, Arizona, uh, Florida, et cetera, um, where I've, I've invested before on behalf of other companies into those deals. I would say at least for us staying local, yeah, it's great to be within an hour, an hour and a half of the properties. Um, it's, it's got its advantage for sure. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's, it's, I would say there's always deals out there. Um, you just got to, you know, network, um, you know, you can do that through various different ways. And, um, you know, usually that's aligning with good, you know, brokers. And, uh, you know, there are deals out there. Uh, there's, there's certain pockets of, you know, New Jersey, New York, PA, Connecticut. There are certain areas that are still growing. So you have to really break it down by sub markets and then micro markets. You can't just look at it as, oh, it's New Jersey. Oh, rent control. Well, guess what? You know that 70% of the state is in rent control? Like nobody knows that you know, having that local knowledge definitely does help. And obviously being physically there does help, Um, you know, from an infrastructure standpoint, I think as as long as you have infrastructure, especially if you're self-managing, you should be able to apply it, you know, to other parts of the country for out-of-state investing. And I know a lot of people who have, uh, but what I don't like to see, and I was guilty of this when I was first trying to start out and buy properties was, oh, I don't own anything right now, but I'm looking at a 20 unit in Memphis and I live in New Jersey. Okay. Like, why don't you buy like a five unit in New Jersey or something local and then turn it around and then you can start to, you know, focus on whatever you want. Um, I see that mistake all the time. And I can't can't tell you how many deals that, you know, because I I invest in other people's deals as well, not just my own uh, opportunities that I get that are from newer operators and I'm willing to take a chance, but... Some of them, they just don't have any any knowledge of, you know, um, a Memphis uh, or, you know, an Austin and they live in New York. You know, it's just they're looking at it on a CoStar report or um, a Reese report and, okay, that's great. You know, it's a good market indicator, but you have no experience right. in that market. Right. So um, I think to go back to your point, yeah, the market... Being physically near the markets definitely has its advantage for sure. Um, not saying you can't apply it to other areas, but just be successful first in your, you know, your area and, and have control over it and then you'll be able to apply it to other markets.
0: Well, and, and you know, I think you said it well. I mean, you know, I've been in my market for 40 years. I have all the work I could ever handle. I, I have all the all the doors I ever want to build in my market that I've known for 40 years, that doesn't mean that the Phoenix market isn't attractive and it doesn't mean that I won't look at a deal in Phoenix but why would I when I've got enough right here and I can do it the way that I like to do it, I've got my own property management company, we're in control of those things you know. As you know Anthony, control the things you can because you will find whether it's Hurricane Isaiah. Or something else, there will be something that will be a beyond your control that happens in this deal. Just like with COVID, shut you down, and you needed another two and a half months to to rearrange your financing. But because of where you were at, you were able to take advantage of that. And while you're getting the agency debt, you solved your your vacancy problem. I mean, you. I don't know that you could have done that if this would deal was in when was in Phoenix. You know. So I think that that's another really intelligent. Right, way. Yeah. And I think that that's another really intelligent thing that experience from someone like yourself is is telling people, hey, you know, conquer your MSA before you go roll it into another MSA, because there's going to be things about you know the New York market, uh, the New Jersey market that aren't going to apply. There are going to be things that do apply, but if you don't know sure. what the basics are, you're going to have you're going to have a hard time adjusting to what you know what the Idaho market is or or what the the California market's going to look like coming out of coming out of you know the New York market. So, um, yes. Anthony, what is what is uh, what is some of the best advice you've gotten that has helped you in your career as you've been as you've been working with people and educating people and, and executing on your own plan? What's been some of that best advice that you've ever had?
1: Um, I I forget who said this. I think I may have even said it earlier. Just kind of the investment philosophy right now that we have is you know, be cautious, but also remain optimistic. I forget who said that. Um, and also, you know, more of, don't be, don't be afraid to start out a little smaller and then slowly get bigger. Because like we were talking about before, you know, the guy scaling to a thousand units in a year, um, you know, and I got to tell you, he's not doing too well right now. His, his investors are all mad. And, you know, it's, it's <laughs> don't, don't go too big too fast. That's, that's all I'm saying. Cause you're, you're going to run into a lot of problems. Um, so I would, I would say, you know, start out small and um, you know, align yourself with a mentor, like, you know, sh- someone like Shannon who can, who can help um, you know throughout your process and what your, 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 your goals are um, and what you're trying to achieve, whether that's on a project basis or on a company basis, it all depends upon, I guess, uh, w- what your goals are. But for me, it was, you know, I started out buying a two family house that, you know, I renovated and I evicted tenants. I got to learn. I got to learn how it works. And it was, a re- it was actually a really good deal. Um, but I did it all myself. You know, I, I, you know, don't be afraid to partner is another piece of advice that I like to give out. Even if you have to give up a little bit of your profits or fees or whatever it is, who cares? You know, you it's, it's still have the ability to do the transaction um, and also build relationships. It's not real estate, like you said, Shan, is not a get rich quick scheme. Yes, you you do get rich, but it's it's over a certain amount of time, and it's not like you make a hundred million dollars the next day. It's it's right. it's it's over time, so it's more of a lifestyle.
0: Yeah, yep. No, and I think I think you're right. And you know, it's funny, Anthony, because uh, real estate is popular again. You know, ten years ago, uh, real estate was the bane of everyone's existence, but now it's popular again uh, in the mainstream. But you know, uh, I I don't think you and I have changed our focus on whether or not it was sexy then or sexy now or whatever, it's just what we know and it's what we've done. And uh, you know, there's always a market. It, people are always selling. They're selling as it's going up and they're selling as it's going down. And you just need to be on the selling side when the selling's right and on the buying side when the buying's right. So when you're looking at your deals, are you looking at long-term tenure, tenure uh, programs with this? Is that is that kind of your main focus is to buy renovate, bring it to market, and then hold for 10 years and and collect those cash flows?
1: Yeah, so each deal uh, is different. We do our investments on a deal-by-deal basis. We don't have a fund mandate. It really depends on the transaction. Some deals we want to hold for 10 years, some deals we want to, they have so much upside, it would be silly for us not to capitalize on it uh, sooner, rather than wait for it uh, for 10 years. You know, we usually try to take out, when we do loans, we we, we try to take out long-term paper, which provides us flexibility um, on the business plan because, you know, if another COVID comes up next year or whatever, whatever happens, we want to be able to have that optionality to extend. Um, so usually we do like a five plus five, you know, loan options that are available. Um, but generally I, I like to say it's, it's we, we look at it as a five year, you know, investment horizon. It could be quicker, you know um, if it's going to be any longer then that's obviously, a discussion everybody would have to have it would have to make sense everybody would have to agree to it uh, for the most part so um, you know uh, as of now we still i sold a couple things but they really made sense to sell as of now we still um, own everything and usually what we do is we just do a cash out refinance so everybody gets their money back for the most part and everybody's happy they could care less whether we hold it for you know uh, five years or 10 years because all their money's out.
0: Well, Anthony, um, you know, any advice for for my new listeners that are just kind of getting started and I mean, you've given us some great pointers along the way about, you know, making sure that your operator knows what he's doing. It's not a, it's not a newer company and, and things like that. But any advice for my newer people that are looking at it that are going, how do I really just, how do I launch? How do I get going? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, I would say, you know, align yourself with a mentor. If you can, it doesn't have to be a paid mentor. Um, It could just be anybody who you admire and you respect um, whether it's in the real estate business or in a different line of business and see how they've been successful and how they started and try to try to mimic it. You know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, especially in real estate. Um, You know, it's not, you know, rocket science at the end of the day, it's more of a a people business. Um, So Um, And then, you know, the numbers do come, you do have to understand finance, um, but that comes with just experience. Um, You know, you don't have to have a PhD in, um, you know, finance to to understand the concepts and to make money in this business. So um, align yourself with a good mentor, um, you know, that you admire and respect and um, see how they did it and try to try to mimic them.
0: That's great. That's great advice. So, Anthony, last question: Where can everybody? Where's your favorite place for everybody to find you on the worldwide web?
1: Yeah, so if you actually go to our website, Red Knight Properties with a K, RedKnightProperties dot com, uh, we have a special report on there. It's how to leave your nine through nine to five through you know financial independence through real estate investing. So it's like a it's like a mini ebook I offer for free. It's it's right on the website. So I recommend you go to our website, download that ebook, and then uh, yeah, just follow our content on every social media platform except tiktok uh there is (laughs) that exists
0: right guys also (laughs) uh you can you can follow him on the two podcasts that he's got uh discover remind us of the two podcasts you have
1: yeah yeah you could just the one is um you could follow the one um on itunes discovering multifamily
0: discovering multifamily and then you're all over facebook as well that's where you and i got introduced so Anthony, I thank you very much for giving us some of your time. Hopefully, uh, things get back to normal uh, in Virginia where you're at. And uh, we look forward to following you and your other successes as you continue. So, guys, Anthony Scandriato with Red Knight Properties. Thanks for stopping by the Real Estate Rundown.
1: Thank you, Shannon. I really appreciate it. Appreciate your time too, sir.